Episode 45 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. Uh, I'm still Sam. He's still Peter. I suppose. It's it's another adventure. <laughs> Welcome to another thrilling uh, episode yep. of A Beer with Sam and Peter, where we talk about beers and we talk about with and we talk about Sam and Peter. And movies. And movies as well. And also TV shows and other fun stuff. We've never been so coached before. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about beer, we talk about Sam and Peter. Yep. It's right, That's what we the, talk about. it's right there in the title. Yeah, very descriptive. Uh, we're not going to talk about video games this week, so if you were bored to death by yeah. our Destiny discussion, which was kind yeah. of just a thing for us and not really for anybody else, that's fine. We're not going to talk about it this week. Yeah, I'm sure everybody just breathed a sigh of relief. I know at just, least a few people just, just you wait till uh, when the beta comes out and then when yeah. uh, the actual game comes out in September. But it won't be... It's it going to be good. It's going to be like... There's going to be multiple episodes dedicated to it, I yeah. feel. And you'll notice you'll notice it like even before we start talking about Destiny 2 because we'll both have incredibly weak... Uh, it's just sort of like spaced out voices. I'm sure, just stayed up in our underwear playing Destiny 2 for a week. Hey, yeah. But it's a great game. I can't think of anything I would rather do with my time. I don't have any more uh, electrolytes left. <laughs> yes, my lack of sleep has led me to have no electrolytes in my entire body. I don't know how electrolytes work. Come on. <laughs> I mean, they don't work like that. You you need a, It's like salts in your body that you get rid of by sweating. I probably sweat a lot when I play you know, Destiny and get really get in that crucible. I don't know. Electrolytes, man. Let's move on. <laughs> Please. What are we drinking this week? Uh, we are drinking uh, White Rabbit Dark Ale, which is a, funny, funnily enough, a dark ale made by Little Creatures. Yeah. Um, no no, uh, no blurb this time around, which is, which is quite sad. Disappointing. I'll read you the little thing underneath the name. That's all I've got. Fermentation with imagination. Hmm. Which is good. I wonder what that means. But it's no... It's no, it, like... It's so like the six, the six paragraph rant about crazy people in New York and, yeah, and the mole people. Yeah, the mole people. Good old mole people. I love God. the mole people. That, that All my really, friends are mole people. That beer really like knocked it out of the park. It set a high bar for, <laughs> for weirdness with us. We should have, should have waited for that one. Anyway, uh, let's try it. So this is a dark ale. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cheers. It's quite good. Yeah, it's not... When I think dark ale, I think, like, I like some dark owls, but it's always really strong. Strong whatever. Strong something. Yeah. This is kind of not. Yeah, no, it's good. It's like, it's dark beer. It's not super heavy. Mm. Um, it's mm. very drinkable. It's it's tasty. It's good. Multi-carat um, notes at the end. Yes. Probably. Maybe. Yes. I don't know. Probably. Car- caramel yeah. for sure. Chocolatey probably as well. Who knows? I was, we they, was, don't, they don't tell us in the bottle, so it's impossible to say. I was talking to Peter before this about um, how I wanted I want to do a little bit of an experiment with the ep- with the podcast in the coming episodes. This one doesn't count because there's no blurb, so I don't know whether there's meant to be caramely aftertones in this or not. But uh, I want to find out whether this is all just suggestion or if like because when I drink these beers and I've read the back and it says you know a hint of strawberry or something, then. I I think I taste a hint of strawberry, right? But I, I want to find out how much of this is just 
manipulating my tiny mind and how much of it is actually true sam i think the answer is probably some it's probably somewhere in the middle but it's probably also somewhere in the fact that you're just too much of a suggestible kind of dude probably find out next week weak-minded suggestible dude yeah i'm gonna tear off all my labels on my beard but not peter's for the for the next episodes and, and i'm gonna i'm just gonna try we're gonna drink it i'm gonna say what it is and then get humiliated when peter tells me the truth. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. Stay tuned, dear yeah. listener. But yeah, this is this is a, this is a pretty good one. Definitely would recommend it. It's got like a cool, fun label on it. It even has a white. There's a white rabbit in like a forest. I didn't notice that. It's like where's Wally? Only there's like one guy in the picture, and it still took me a while. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this beer actually somewhat amazingly ties into the homework movie that we have for this week. Which is all about little critters no. living in the forest. Peter, you dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> entirely by coincidence, this is just like a beer I had um, family over last night. And this was just beer that was left oh, over. No, go on. You were in the store before <laughs> this. And you just had this eureka moment. Yeah. So, uh, the, the homework movie for this week is, of course, Fantastic as I'm Mr. sure Fox. all of our listeners would have listened to yeah. and uh, watched. Um, as well as listen to. Stop keeping me in suspense, Peter. Uh, it's Fantastic Mr. Fox, yeah. the Wes Anderson animated film. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing to remember when we're talking about all of this, this might be a good way to to gauge whether you might want to see Wes Anderson's next movie coming out, which is also yeah. going to be an animation. Yes. So this one is Fantastic Mr. Fox, of course, based off the Roald Dahl novel. Yep. Uh, who also wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the BFG and yep. and the um, was it Twits? What was the one about the the two the two like? I have no idea. Disgusting people. <laughs> I think it was the Twits or something. <laughs> I got nothing. Mate. Did you ever read much Roald Dahl? I have a whole uh, Roald Dahl compendium, and that includes all his short stories, and I mostly remember them. So like not the one, but the ones that were like it was like a chapter long. Mm. We're talking a real book, and they were all good. They were all so dark. I really liked that. There was a lot of witches. Yeah, eating, there was people. The, like yeah, that. the witches is also one he wrote. Yep. Um, and kind of the thing about Roald, Roald Dahl stuff is it all it was all like whimsical and and childy, but it was it always had this really dark undertone. Yeah, or at least a very um, like uh, adult undertone. Yeah, sense, you know. Yeah, it was the kind of thing, kind of like a lot of kids' movies are these days, where. It's the kind of thing that is designed for adults to read to their kids, yeah. but also they can get something out of the story as well. Really, we're like actually now seeing movies that are genuinely like for the whole family movies. You could watch this with your kid, or you could just watch this by yourself yeah. and you still enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, this very much is a for the whole family kind of movie where you could watch it as a as a kid and enjoy it I'm sure because it's like a fun whimsical it's kids movie it's a fox movie. and he's jumping around and he's got friends and they talk you know that kind of thing yeah but also it's like it's about an it's incredibly about like a, in, incredibly Wes Anderson-esque yeah. Wes Anderson film it's a it's about a talking fox who lives with all these talking woodland creature friends and it's also a story about a like a, an American beauty style almost thing of a man who's got kids who had to sacrifice some of the wilder things in his life and who's like trying to regain that. Cause that's what Mr. Fox is trying to do, right? He used to yeah. steal chickens. They used to be his, used to be his job. He used to like be a, a cat burglar kind of thing. Box burglar. 
Uh, I mean, he was a professional chicken thief. If you're a cat burglar, are you burgling? No. Cats? No. Or are you a cat who's burgling people? You are cat-like and you are a burglar. Therefore, so, so you are if a you're cat in West burglar. Anderson, if we're in the West Anderson universe, a cat burglar is someone who is a cat and burgles. I suppose. Or someone who burgles cats. No, it's not someone who burgles cats. It's like one of those sh- like shower thoughts. Where mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll ruminate on this. I mean, like the cat burglar thing would have all come about from like... Being stealthy as a cat. Yes. Like like black black cat. So he's a he's a fox he's a fox burglar, then. I mean, no, he's a. I mean, mm. no, he's a chicken. He's a chicken thief. But he's not. A, yeah, but that's the same thing. Burglar is a different word for a thief. So he's a chicken thief. Yeah, like burglar stealing but cats it's just, becoming more likely. I mean, you're getting too fixated on this, Sam. <laughs> we need to move on. We need to start by talking about. Yeah. What, yeah, well, so this is this is your radio because uh, Wes Anderson is one of Pete's favorite directors, and I think. Yeah, so this was like the final Wes Anderson film that I hadn't actually seen yet. Yeah, um, and I was far more interested with how you would how you thought about this movie as opposed to you know what I thought about it. I yeah, I think it was it was great. It's like does the Wes Anderson thing of being yeah. whimsical and exceptionally written dialogue and just being so full of character and uh, I suppose sort of it's a very joyful style of filmmaking that Wes Anderson has even for even when he is covering somewhat uh, serious topics like he does in um, the Darjeeling Limited which is all about people coming to uh, like going through different stages of, of grief, but it is still in the Wes Anderson, yeah. like, weird way of doing it. And, and, like, almost all of his films are in some way about people dealing with big, serious issues, but it's, like, dumb and weird and and whimsical and, yeah. and like, musical and full of all this beautiful colour and directed in, like, the cinematography is so distinct as well. Yeah. Um, the dialogue in this movie is, is like... De- like one of my favorite parts. It's got to be exceptional. It's so, it's so like snappy and witty, and and everybody is just everybody. Each character is so quick, um, you know, to respond. And uh, some of the pauses, like Mister Fox's it's, son, it's so du- subtle. Yes, yeah, so well. the delivery for a lot of Mister Fox's son's lines, I think, are just like my favorite. Where there's like just long pauses, and like. Oh, Someone else developing an attitude in the house, like those, that, like how he deals with Christopherson, that yeah. kid where it's just a, just like a long stare into his face, and then he'll just like say something just super flat and hard. That's that's yeah, I love it. It was good. Yeah, yeah. And, and so kind of the, the yeah, as you said before, the plot all revolves around um, the fantastic Mister Fox, who may or Foxy may Fox. not be a fox burglar. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he he was a he was a uh, chicken thief, and he <laughs> finds out that his wife is pregnant, and yep. so um, she wants him to give up his thieving ways. So he does, um, and he becomes a journalist. Yep. Uh, and two human years later, but of course, fourteen fox years later. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of trying to recapture. Yeah. The the excitement of his youth and he makes his plan to do this one big final job. He wants to buy this... a nice house, you know, as well before that. He, yeah. wants to buy, he wants doesn't want to live in a hole, he wants to buy a nice house in in a good cedar or, or a pine or something like that. Yeah. Which I which I, I love. Um I just I, I love that. I love how this is this could be a um this could easily be a movie with human actors, you know? 
and it would it would still be enjoyable. I think it's definitely more fun when when it's a bunch of animals because they can really play up the like oh it's the animalistic side and they can use the metaphor of you know they can use what they're doing as as a metaphor without getting too dark. Yeah, and they can have like the animals represent like the fact that they are this type of animal represents like that's why they have this certain type of personality. That's one of the things I I, I love as well and struggle with in this movie though is the fact that you know when they give like animals certain roles. Yeah, I'm the real person for watching a movie and um working out what its rules are you know what the world's rules are so when you're watching like zootopia like trying to like work out okay how much of this is just like they're humans Mm. you know and in this one it constantly like goes back and forth on that there's no real set of rules it's all up in the air and just for whatever's funny at the time yeah because you're like trying to work out how civilized they are yeah like or, or, or how much is he a fox? Is like is he a predator or not? And like they have those weird moments where they're stealing the chicken and he just like you know kills it with his teeth. But then like in other scenes, like he he like knows how to drive a motorbike. Yeah, and, and like they're eating with cutlery. Like so he's stealing chickens. He's a chicken thief, right? But, but also he's stealing cider and. But also he, stealing cider. But think about this for a second. This is the weird one. Like he wants to pay for this big house, and so he goes stealing. Well, no, he, well, gets, he already buys the he house. Gets, he gets, he just gets the house before he does any yeah. of the ceiling stuff. But so his profession before was a chicken thief. Yeah. Right. So I was thinking, oh, okay, like they're animals. They obviously don't have money. So like, you know, he steals the chickens and they live because it's a chicken. Com- <laughs> it's they're, chicken they're foxes economy. and they steal chickens. Right. But he's also a journalist then, which you'd have to assume he just gets paid in money animal money it's, it's just confusing it, it's the kind of thing where you don't think you shouldn't think too much about yeah, it yeah exactly and i think it sells it really well like you it, it, it wes anderson's style of directing and the movies that he writes and uh the stories that he tries to sell sell and tell yeah um are on the face of them pretty ridiculous and they have a lot of rules that don't make sense in the real world, but I think that he, more than most directors, really sells the aesthetic and the vibe of yep. the worlds which he creates yep. and allows you to suspend your disbelief so easily. Like he, he, he can so easily get you sucked into this whimsical, fun world that he creates um, yeah. more, more, than, more than most other directors can successfully do like one of the things for me that is that I really struggle with when watching movies and I've, I've watched a lot of movies now and I've talked about and yeah. really tried to think about and distill what I like about movies and the thing that always makes a bad movie for me is when characters make nonsensical decisions and break the illusion and break the suspended disbelief that the world and the director has tried to create. Right, like this couldn't possibly actually happen. I know this character, I've spent 30 minutes with them. Yeah. This makes no sense. This is obviously just something because it would be a cool scene or make for a good story. Yeah, and, and, and like just being able to sell a world, a world and allow you to suspend yeah. your disbelief is kind of almost the number... Uh, actually, I think it probably is the number one thing for me. Yeah. If a, if a world is like ridiculous and dumb, as long as it sticks to its rules that it's that it seemingly yeah. creates, and if it breaks them, it like sells it in a way that, or or it does it in a way that you don't really notice it, then I think that makes for a good movie. Because that's how that's how humans are wired, you know. Like I think people worry about 
when you make when you make a movie these days, you people worry too much about uh, have, you know having a good budget and being able to make everything look as realistic as possible, right? You don't have to do that. This is a good example. Like this is yeah. one of the best examples yeah. because this is not cutting edge animation. This is like Wallace and Gromit level of animation. It's not claymation, but but it's it, it is. It, well, I mean, it's stop motion animation. It's stop motion. It's not. It's clay, basically yeah clay, but it may as well be. It's that kind of thing, right? And it, like, I think humans are wired to once they you give them the rules, just accept it and and like jump into it and be be fine. That's why that's why anime works okay, right? Like you just once you get the rules right and you accept that that's like how you're seeing it, then you you, you see emotion on drawn people's faces right and you get invested in drawn people this is like a really good example of that because maybe the first 10 seconds are really tough for some people you know like <laughs> when you when you watch it and you're like you know it's just like that really like we like really obvious stop an- stop animation kind of thing right but and that happened and that happened to me but like 2 or 3 minutes into it I've just completely stopped noticing it. Yeah, I thought this movie the stop motion animation was like the yeah. best I've ever seen. Yeah, as it long was, as you do it right, you just I'm into that like, world. Like Wallace and Gromit I mean Wallace and Gromit is really the only other sort of stop motion thing that I've seen, but it's always right. really noticeably stop motion whereas this felt like very very smooth and fluid rather than the sort of jerkiness yeah. that you sort of really associate with stop motion animation I, I think i think it wasn't i i, I don't know i i think um my point was that it it didn't seem just like a crazy exceptionally smooth for me it just was a good example for me like once i watch it for a little bit i get used to it i get used to those rules it's done well in terms of like the story and the characters and stuff like they get so much out of just those like that stop stop motion way of doing things like mm. you know that and they they use it in ways they do the they, they do that extra mile thing that's really good if you have this weird medium find the few things that like you can do that people who aren't in this medium can't do yeah like use that and they they do that a couple of times like uh, like the whole gag with foxy's badger friend no, is it no, not the, the opossum friend where like they look at him and he's got like this, it's just like the shot of these weird eyes. That's that's something that's like unique to that style. You of wouldn't animation have in regular animation yeah. and you wouldn't have it in an actual movie. Yeah, they, they use they use it. Like they, they use it to extra, to its strengths. And that's, and that's and um the bit with the rabid dog. Yeah, yeah, with, with the, the eyes, like, foam, foamy mouth, and that effect of like the drug where the eyes go like just like to a cross and yeah. fall over and the same thing happens to Bean? No, yeah. no, I've got to get the, the names right, but, um, cause there's Bean, I've suddenly forgot, Bean I, Butler. I, no. No? No. Bean something. It doesn't matter. Something. Anyway. I can't remember them either. Um. It's Bean something and something. Yeah. Three, three Bs. It's just, yeah, they use it in ways, they, they use the medium in, in like ways that you couldn't, you couldn't use any other medium. So that's, it's a really exceptional example of that. Yeah. But I would extend it even to like, I'm a kind of, I realize this is not the same for anybody, but talking about ways that you enjoy movies, as long as something sticks, just like you were saying, as long as something sticks to how it set out its world, mm. I can really watch anything. I mean, that's why I like, um, that's why I have a lot of fun watching. I watch a lot of really, really low budget movies and enjoy them and even been invested in them. Like, you know, when they've got like, 
ridiculously bad foam prots. I'm talking like Lou Ferrigno Hulk level of like bad. Yeah. Um, because like, you know, I'll learn the rules. That's okay. That's just what monsters look like in this one. You know, like when you're watching Buffy, right? That's like the example with this dude who's got like Star Trek style, like face ridge makeup on. But like you watch two episodes and that's just how you're like, oh, that's a monster. That's how they're meant to look at this sort of like, that's it. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> you know? This movie was this movie did did a great job of selling as well. Yeah, that's great. The dialogue, and the world, yeah, just just all of the parts of this movie come together so well, and it's just such a satisfying film to watch. Mm. And it tells a somewhat sweet story about about a, a father and his son and yeah. and um, his whole family, and it's just yeah. it's just a sweet, whimsical, fun, yeah, happy kind of movie. And the little and idiosync. Idiosyncrasies, maybe. Yes. Oh, idiosyncrasies. Idiosyncrasies of like some of the characters. That's really great. You know, it's kind of almost like a House of Cards, like tap tap on the table kind of thing. But like Mr. Fox always like ends a sp- like if he's in a good mood or whatever. Click like, click, click in the whistle yeah, like, or something like that. Yeah. Um, like e- each character has their own like little thing. Yeah. That, with yeah. his with his younger son, like it's his this is like just like he just spits evil look as well. He also yeah he does his spits and it's also that like look where you know his like eyebrows get really dark. Yeah, that's great. Um, Christopherson is just really funny to me. The like, the meditating yeah that blows like, me away. You know, kung like, fu doing the overachieving fucks. cousin. Yeah, you know I think like again that's something you can see in, in just a live action movie, no problem. Being like feeling like you're in the shadow of someone like that, in yeah. Family, and, and I think the the themes of the story work well because it is animated as well. Like it, it's it's well suited to an animated and the sort of star that it's that yeah. it's going for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one sort of bit of criticism that I read, which I think bears talking about, is the difference between this and and the actual book. Yeah, I I just I just completely like when I watch this kind of movie, I'm just like. These are two separate things. Yeah. So, I mean, it's loosely the same plot, all about doing the one final job with the three farmers. Yeah. Um, and then them, like, blowing up his home and, and just having them all as refugees and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but the the bit of the thing that I read about it uh, said that, what, like, what, a review that I read was talking about how this version of the story is a lot more lighthearted and happy, whereas the Roldar had the sort of trademark Roldar, like yeah. um, darkness beneath the surface. And um, yeah, I think I think that probably wouldn't have worked for a Wes Anderson no, style film. It was film. his own little stamp on it. Yeah, and the ending's different as well, which is fine. Um, have you seen Have you seen the BFG movie? It's really weird if you do the exact Roldar ending. Yeah. Is it is it like the exact Roldal? Yeah, the, the you know the queen rings up the like the king of Spain or something, and like they all put the giants in uh, an incredibly deep hole and like feed them nothing but snozzcumbers, and like that's how that ends. Like it's like a small contained plot, and then she like hides out with the queen, and the queen calls uses her queen powers to call every head of like the world, and they call in the choppers and the army and airlift these dudes and plonk them in an on an island in the movie. And it's just like weird. <laughs> I don't know. Roll Dahl books are almost like give me, give me the fair sense. Weird. And, and he might not have done this way. He could have just been really strange. Totally. 
but they they read a lot of them like um maybe maybe he had a writing partner who was like a niece or a nephew or something like that or he, or, yeah, or, he, or he, he would bounce ideas off them. yeah he had like i think that's actually true oh, that really? he, he like wrote them for call it yeah like like his daughter or a niece yeah, or a nephew but or it almost feels kind of like you know if you've ever sent this is obscure reference but if you've ever seen axe cop right uh, sometimes Axcop. because it's like Axcop is this Axcop is this thing started as like a comic where it, it, yeah it was this web comic yeah that where was like written between this, like a, a like twenty five year old older brother and yeah. his little brother who was like eight just capturing an eight year old's like imagination trying to tell his story and like yeah the and so like the the eight year old would write the story and then he would do the comic yeah and some of the role role dial feels like that especially the endings to some of the stories like. Or just like the weird twists just seem to me like a like it had to come from like an eight year old's like imagination. Like a weirdly creative thing that, that would come from a child's imagination, yeah. Yeah. And that's totally like, you know, like who 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 would save us all? Oh, we'll ring up the queen. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, the queen will the queen because will I'm an eight year old and the queen has superpowers and people will listen to her and she'll get the army and the army are invincible <laughs> and they'll just solve the problem. Yeah. It feels kinda like that. Yeah, and the other thing about it is, it takes a. It's a very American movie in that all the good characters are American and all the bad characters are British and and yeah. stuff like that, which I think are interesting points. But I don't think really take away from how good a movie this is. Yeah, I had an interesting point about that. Someone asked um, Patrick Stewart and uh, oh shit, Ragnito, Ian McKellen, Ian McKellen about. Um, because they're both English theatre actors. Yeah. Classic villain material <laughs> these days. And I was like, why do you think all the, all the villains, including all the Nazis for some reason, are always English? And, and they were just like, well, uh, the, 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 the story in Hollywood is like, we're, we're one of the only groups of people that you can safely pick on, right? Because like we had an empire, we had all this stuff. We got it coming, kind of thing. There's nothing that happened to us that we can call on as like being, you know, we can whine about. It's just we're people to punch. We're like a punching bag. That's it's easy. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. That, that is an interesting point. But yeah, I, I think that kind Fantastic of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, wraps up our discussion on that. We both really enjoyed it. Yeah, I um, would recommend it. Although I did watch it with someone recently, and I hated it. So I, I I don't know anymore. Um, the one complaint that I did hear about the movie that I didn't necessarily agree with, but I can see if you weren't quite into that kind of storytelling, maybe you wouldn't like this movie. Is is that it was slow, and I, I don't think it was slow. I don't think it was slow, but it is a movie with a lot of dialogue and and stuff like that. So if you're, if it's, it's not a long movie it's less than an hour and a half it's like it's, an yeah, hour and very, 24 minutes it's, it's, long yeah, including the credits yeah, like it's very short it's not a long movie um, um, I don't know that was the one know, criticism I, that I had heard about the movie did you feel that at all? no yeah I didn't I didn't feel that but at I all I thought I, I could mention it you know we haven't yeah. really come up with any criticism for the movie so yeah. thought I'd throw my hat in there <laughs> anyway yeah Fantastic um, Mr. Fox I would still recommend it I had one you know <laughs> blip with recommending the movie, but I'd still recommend it. Yeah. So I think that moves us on something to touch on something that I want to very briefly touch on, which is a film that came out on Netflix uh, a couple of weeks ago, which I've been meaning to talk about for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Genuinely, we just, guys, it's been ages. We just haven't. Yeah. This episode, we're trying to like knock out a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so I've been wanting to talk about it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and just we haven't got around to it. Uh, it's this new movie which came out. I think it's a Netflix exclusive. I'm not sure. Um, uh, it's called Mindhorn. Yeah. And it stars uh, bloody Howard Moon. Yeah. Except, not not, uh, not Julian, Fielding. Julian from Bratt. Mighty Bush. From the Mighty Bush. Yeah. And it's like, I think it was written by him as well. Yeah. Um, and it's also got Steve Coogan in it. And it's a, like this crazy British, like campy kind of <laughs> sort of Mighty Bushy um, film about this TV actor who... Uh, is, is like he was this big action star in like the the 70s or something sort of like a night rider type yep. guy Love called, called mindhorn um was the tv detective that he played and he went off to hollywood to to make it big and it's sort of like 30 years later and he's like washed up and unsuccessful and um he yeah. like never made it in hollywood yeah so he's like all washed up in hollywood and stuff and he uh there's this like criminal that kidnaps someone and they'll only tell the the police where they are if they get mindhorn to come and talk to them right so the police are like oh shit we're gonna find this old actor dude and he's gonna be a massive moron and um we need him to come and talk to this guy and and that's kind of the, and it, it, it sort of follows from there is it mighty bushy like is it that kind of crazy is it old greg kind of crazy no it's it's much more sort of conventional, but it still has a lot of those like mighty bushy type, um, it, like you can see a lot of Howard Moon's character in uh, okay. Mindhorn. Okay. Um, it's like a lot more grounded in reality. It's not like you, you, you're not having the like yeah. the crack fox and. Um, well, I got the sense from that like that came from the melding of. Howard Moon's of oh, Julian Bratt and Noel Fielding. Yeah, yeah, he, like yeah, he, his slightly Julian Bratt's slightly more coherent kind yeah. of like ideas with Noel Fielding's just the crazy ideas. Yeah, you know, like, like 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 I've I've seen that guy on a talk show get asked a question and pause for a second during the, his answer, long enough for him to completely like a half a second is long enough for him to completely lose track of what's going on, and he says like. I wonder what a biscuit made out of rainbows would taste like. <laughs> He's that kind of guy. No one yeah, like, on drugs all the time without ever being on drugs. Yeah, like, if you really want to have a good idea of ha- the difference in the two, in their two writing and comedy styles, yeah. you look at Noel Fielding's luxury comedy, which was the might- very, very Mighty Boosh-esque yeah. thing that he did by himself, yeah. and then you look at Mindhorn, and you see, like, just the stark difference what in what they here. did, Someone's and, and then just the how great it was when it came together in, in yeah. Mighty Boosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of like the, the general plot, yeah. and then it's just, I don't know, it's not all that long, just an hour and a half kind of dumb funny movie on Netflix. Definite tick of approval. Yeah, definite trick of approval from me. Uh, it's definitely not going to win any awards or anything like that, but it's got Steve Coogan playing a fun asshole and this weird like German dude <laughs> and all this. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's got the guy that played the werewolf in the British being human. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he's also a, a central character in it, and there's like it devolves into there's this whole like police conspiracy and and all that kind of fun stuff, and yeah, it's just like ridiculous and uh, funny and. Uh, thoroughly recommend it so so yeah. give it a go is it is it the kind of because i know that when i think of mighty boosh that recommendation for me definitely comes with some caveats of like who well, the kind of person that i know 
would not at all yeah. get something out of my yeah. English, you know? Yeah. Is, it, is it cogent? Is like more just like, is it less null-filling to the point where you would recommend it to just everybody or um, is it still a little it's, bit kooky? It's hard to say. It's still a little bit kooky. I think definitely it's not the kind of movie for everybody, but it's far more accessible than yeah. Mighty Bush is. Okay. That being said, I still think everybody should watch Mighty yeah, Bush because yeah, yeah. it's so fantastic. Just go with but, it. I, um, oh, Mighty Bush is one of those... Mighty Bush, I would recommend the ideal watching circumstance of Mighty Bush. You've had like a like a two-day... You maybe you rented a house with a few mates and you got like a two-day bender and it's like the washed out third morning after all this. I'm not saying it's when you're drunk. It's when you're just completely and utterly hungover and wrecked and you're lying on the floor eating cereal at like two o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon and you want to watch something, pick up Mighty Bish. <laughs> Whereas I would recommend Mighty Bish for any day of any the week, t- any, yeah. any time, yeah. 24-7, seven days a week. It's just a great show. Yeah. Can you access Mighty Bish in an easy way these days? It's not on Netflix. Um, That's it? Yeah. <laughs> it might be on Stan or something. I don't it. know. Yeah. Um, it might okay. be on ABC, like Mind IBU Horn. or something. Well, but yeah, Mind, Mind Horn, give it a watch. You know what? Uh, after all this time, I have decided this might be rough. You know, this will hurt me, but I've decided that we really need to just like, we, we need, really need to like rush through, pump out all those stuff that I've been stopping you from doing or that just we've been stopping you from doing. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give you my, you guys, my brief recommendations um, and thoughts on two things that I've just re- recently come out and I've watched uh, but that just aren't really, you know, like that breaking news or anything like that and then we'll just get into more stuff that you want to talk about so uh first of all house of cards the new season came out on netflix i love house of cards yep i've watched um, a couple of, uh, like a few episodes yeah my, my flat out response good. like little little thing on this um you know because we're talking about a season five of a show here so if you haven't seen house of cards at all like first of all you should you should watch it but this doesn't really apply to you this is only people in the know um i don't think season five is any worse than any of the other seasons it's still as House of Cards as any other season. Um, if this pl- if, if it is getting bad reviews, I think it's only because like you can only eat that flavor of ice cream for so long. Even if it's the most amazing thing you've ever tasted in your life, you're gonna get over it. You know, like I love stuff starts to get stale yeah, after a while. It, it doesn't matter how good it is. It honestly doesn't. Like Dark Souls, I love Dark Souls to death. I constantly flirt with the idea of getting of marking myself for life with a Dark Souls tattoo. And yet, I've still lost interest in the latest DLC. You yeah. Know? And it's still good. It's still Dark Souls. It just, there's a point where you just have to stop for a second. So, I think fatigue is probably the reason for those bad reviews. That's yeah. House of Cards. Um, done. Uh, Orange is the New Black comes out soon, so I'll have an opinion on that, I'm sure. Probably be the same opinion as I had on House of Cards. Yeah, there's just so much stuff that's come out recently. It's hard to, like be able to talk about yeah. in, in the time restrictions which we've imposed on ourselves. But that kind of season, I, I think that warrants only a couple of sentences, you know, talking about like a fifth this season of a show. Yeah. Because you're only, I'm only talking to the people who've watched the first, the other four seasons. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've watched it as well and I love yeah. House of Cards and it's, yeah, it's, it's good. Somewhere way back you can probably find our opinion, like our long thing we did yeah, on House when, of Yeah, when you like, because I'd been watching it as it came out and when you sort of caught up and watched it all at once. Yeah. I'm um, sure I had a big thing to say about it then. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, I'm just going to rifle it off. Uh, secondly, I watched uh, Baywatch today. Yep. Um, like, I could go on about Baywatch for, for a little bit, um, but uh, 
It's exactly what you'd expect from the trailer. This is just what I would say. It's exactly what you'd expect. You know, like if you go into that movie, having watched the trailer, you know exactly what you're going to get. So for all those people who watched the trailer and thought, yes, um, the funniest jokes aren't used in the trailer. It's nothing like that. It is exactly really? the what, funniest jokes aren't used in the trailer. No, it is exactly what you'd think. Oh, that's kind of yeah. That's kind of good because I was. Actually, I, it was like yeah. It kind of cheats kinda though. That I would be worried that they use all the funny jokes in the trailer because I actually thought the trailers were funny. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's, two, like, it's one like or that. two of the trailers were funny. There was one that was pretty unfunny, yeah. but like, it was like that. Um, actually, most of the jokes in the trailer that they used were uh, deleted scenes. Oh, so you don't you don't get that's kind that's actually kind of refreshing yeah so you actually so the scenes some of like most of the scenes you see in the trailer actually have a different joke in them when you yeah. finally get to it um or it ha- happens out of sequence compared to it it's really funny it's it's self-aware so it gets away with all the stupidity as far as i'm concerned as long as a movie like that knows that it's silly it's fine you know like i think we all like like you and i both like blades of glory they fly off into the sunset like literally fly off like superman because they have rockets on their shoes and no one gave a shit about that because it was it, it was a it was a movie that knew like that established early hate this is a silly world we got going on. <laughs> and they do that really early in this movie like the the opening scene you see the rock like ridiculously heroically save somebody and for that brief second where I watched that I thought you know, I was thinking like you know as he like he does this like has this montage of him driving a buggy like onto the boardwalk to save this guy as he's sort of like sensed that the wind is about to change in this like. Uh, Paris Parasail is going to be in trouble um, and you had I had that moment where I was like oh god like what am I watching this movie's going to like be so horrible and take itself seriously doing it and then when you're like he like, comes out of the water holding the guy and behind him like Baywatch the letters rise out of the water three dolphins like flip up around him and it's just it's silly it establishes it early so that's what I have to say about that it's exactly what you'd expect so if any of you that I people that I know come to me and tell me like I watched Baywatch and like oh it's so stupid it's so silly or whatever like that you did this to yourself <laughs> I have no sympathy for you you know if you're the kind of person who who would like this movie if you watch the trailer so that's what I have to say about it I had a real blast um, my girlfriend had a real blast we both thought it was stupid and we both thought it was funny so that's Baywatch I just if I'm a little frustrated, it's just because I know that I am going to get this from a lot of people that I know. Just like, oh, you watch Baywatch. Why would you do that? It's so, like, it's so stupid. It knows it's stupid. It's okay. You know? Anyway, that's Baywatch. That's my recommendation. Go see it if you like the trailer. Don't complain to me if you if you don't like the trailer. Peter, take it away. Okay. Uh, so, I've there's, there is a heap of things that I'm going to also kind of just shotgun through. Right. Uh, Master of None Season 2, which is the uh, Netflix show written by Aziz Ansari. Is he... He is... Um, uh, he's from Parks and Recreation, right? Yes. Yeah. And he was in Scrubs as well, in okay. the final season of Scrubs. Um, and it, it kind of continues on from the first season, very similar to the first season, um, and is, is just... Well written and and great and and funny and yeah. and stuff. Um, it holds up from the first one. Yeah, very much so. Does does some like weird experimentation stuff about like length of episodes. So you have some episodes which are like thirty minutes long, and then have like hour long episodes, yeah. um, which Maybe. I think is something somewhat unique to Netflix series. 
Uh, it has uh, the first episode is entirely in black and white, and Ooh, most of okay. it is in uh, Italian. Okay. Because at the end of the first season, he goes off to Italy to become a pasta chef. Um, is is like kind of for those who don't know, yeah, you it's, should it's explain, kind of all, I don't know. Okay, so it's all it. it's all loosely based on Aziz Ansari's own personal life and sort of relationships and and touches on like uh, issues such as uh, like pressure from parents but then also stuff like uh indian people being t- typecast in um in acting roles so he, play, he plays and, an actor yeah plays himself and like like racism and and like touches on all these issues but then also has this very distinct sort of aziz ansari like style to it okay um i think the thing for me about the show that is takes a bit of getting used to when you watch the first episode and you haven't watched it for for a while is that it's very it feels very sort of play like written like a play ish in its dialogue in that the dialogue and stuff that it's not as natural as what you would kind of expect from from like you kind of expect from a lot of shows and stuff these days. Yeah. Like it feels somewhat staged and delivered somewhat woodenly, which is a bit weird, yeah, but it's I, still a really good show. I actually know like exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. This is this is kind of amazing. But I watched a very old show recently, um, because my girlfriend likes it, uh called Sea Change. Right. It's like an Australian show. David Wenham was in it, it's one of his first roles. Um, and I ended up enjoying the episode that I watched, but I couldn't work out what was wrong for a little bit. And then you've just like exactly said it, it, it was, every, it was, it was like a play, you know, um, everybody's performances were, it, you know, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it cause they weren't bad, Yeah, but it was very over dramatic kind of like for yeah. everybody. And, yeah. And like a it's, lot of- it's a lot of expository dialogue rather than naturalistic type conversation. Yeah, so they had this woman whose life was falling apart and she was like constantly wide-eyed, looking like a mad person. Delivering a soliloquy. Yeah, and you know that, you know, that's not how... Like, that would be insane if that's how she was all the time. But uh, it ended up working. So I might give... Um, yeah, it's, try. it's a great show. Yeah. I think actually you would quite like it. Okay. Um, first season's really good. Second season is just as good as the first. Well, you put me onto that one. Uh, I also watched a bit of Sense8, which has recently been cancelled, which I think is a real shame. Oh, really? The thing about that show is it's uh, directed by the Wachowski sisters, um, who, of course, did The Matrix. Yep. And um, that other one about the True True and... The True True? What's it called? Uh, It's uh, Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, which I I didn't like, but you like, but that's fine. We won't get into that. That's not important. Story of Uh, our lives. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Sense8, it's it's this like kind of weird sci-fi drama-ish type show. Yeah, um, I'd recommend it. Which has this... Have you watched Sense8? I did. I actually recently... I I watched a clip. I was looking up... I, I being an incredibly intelligent person... Uh, who who only devotes his time to worthwhile things? <laughs> Googled cool fight scenes and shit on YouTube, and uh, eventually got put into a Sense Eight fight scene, um, which was unique because you know if you don't know, it's about like people who were like sort of like share like a like a hive mind almost. Yeah. So it's like people lending their skills in this fight, um, and then put me onto it. And I started watching watching episodes. Yeah, and kind of the thing about that show and why I think it's a real shame that it got cancelled. Um, is that it has this incredibly 
like the most diverse cast on television. Yeah. It's got like transgender people, it's got gay people, and it and it's I mean it's got it's got black people, it's got white people, not it's got Asians, it's got Mexicans, gay people. it's like Do you know what I mean? Like not like sometimes you can have something that sort of says it's inclusive or tries yeah. to come off that way. But the main if 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 you cast someone who if you have a character who's gay, they they need to just, you know, it's like it, it it needs to play as much of a role as another character's straightness. Yeah. You know, like, and, and so if you cast, if you have a character and they're gay and the whole point of the character is that they're gay, you haven't done anything yeah, to further really. any sort of cause, you know, yeah. like you really haven't. Whereas the, the treatment of the like different sexual orientations and stuff in this movie, in this uh, TV show is very well done and that they're just kind of, people and it really yeah. is written such that it explores all these different perspectives on on life and that's kind of what the show is all about is like that is about inclusiveness and yeah people are like the idea of globalism that like which is something i kind of really subscribe to in that diversity is a real strength yeah. and people from different backgrounds and di- and different uh upbringings and perspectives can all add really unique viewpoints and come up with unique solutions to different problems. And, and it really explores that quite well. Absolutely. Um, I think it's not the plot and the writing is not as up to par with the really high minded ideas that the show is trying to go for. And I think that's a bit of a shame, but yeah, I I I really, I really like the show because of what it's trying to do. Yeah, and I think I, it's a real shame that it got cancelled. I did notice that sometimes, um, actually, in, in some of the other uh, action scenes that I watched, there wasn't this clip when I actually started to watch the show. Hmm. Um, some of them felt uh, like like they weren't as thought well thought out as like they could have been. Uh, yeah, the the acting's not amazing as well. Yeah, but and, I and I did I well. did very much enjoy the concept. The concept in this case for me did carry any carry it through any kind of mistake that I, I thought it, it made. Yeah. Um, Do you know that? Kind of, kind of like one of the reasons I think it kind of got cancelled is it, it is such, because it is filmed from all these different perspectives, it's a show that to shoot it, you have to go literally all around the world. Oh, yeah. You yeah. have to go to Korea. You have to go to Mexico. You have to go to Africa. You have to go to, um, uh, you have to go to America. You yeah. have to go to all these different places, and it's even worse in real life as opposed to in the show. Because in the show, if you go to Africa and you've got a character in Africa, um, when they do their Sense Eight sort of thing, yeah, sometimes the way that the show is like the way that the, the show works is that you might see um, if someone's taken over someone's body, you might just see that actor now. Hmm. So that means that if you want to film in all those continents with yeah. all those actors, you have to tra- can the, transport both the those entire, actors. Yeah, the entire production goes. Yeah, the cast everywhere. as well. The entire cast as well. So you yeah. can't. So that would totally. be really expensive. That's sure. interesting to me that it's been cancelled. We might see something from the History Channel now because I know I was very interested in this show coming out of the History Channel, um, like the British one, the same one that did uh, Vikings. Yeah. Uh, that involved the same exact thing um it was to do with like genealogy Mm. so suddenly you had this kind of sense eight like connection between people from different time periods who were all related yeah um and it was looked very assassin's creed yeah and they pulled funding from that because 
you know, they, the way these things work, like people think they're always plagiarized. These ideas, they like, they realized years before they're put to a point where they can advertise. Like this just happened independently. Sensei came out before this one and then they just canceled it because yeah. it was the same kind of thing and they didn't want to produce the same thing. So I wonder whether, whether maybe they'll now resurrect this one. And we might, we yeah, might, that'd be cool. Get a sort of just, sensei. Like, it's just a shame that Net- Netflix is this bastion of creators being able to do f- like yeah. cool creative ideas. It's just a shame that this one didn't Absolutely. pan out for them. Absolutely. Because um, it had such high minded ideals and it, and it was such a diverse offering. And at a time where there is a lot of talk in the media and just in general about people like there, there, there is a far greater voice these days about sort of closing off the idea like there's a very anti-globalist yeah um movement at the moment well i think as and- weird as it sounds that's because um i mean when we talk globalization the big thing here is connecting over the internet mm. right uh being able to talk to the people that you're being told to hate kind of undermines the whole idea of trying to convince people to hate people which is important if you want to run that kind of country so yeah it's important yeah I, I think it is an important show yeah even if it even if it's technically and writing wise isn't as successful as it, as it means well, to sad be. to hear it's um, yeah so i'm gonna just quickly um go for it pete so i'm just gonna quickly run through a couple more things which i watched i watched the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy again which I forgot how awesome that movie is. Did it's you fucking ever, great. Did you ever get to read the book? I haven't read the book. I, I should. should read the book, yeah. I should read the book. I watched this documentary, which is, I think it's a Netflix documentary. It's only like an hour long about uh, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds production yeah. that he did. Yep. And just how crazy that whole thing was. <laughs> that people believe. Yeah. That people actually believe. Like it, it, it it's like a, it has a bunch of sort of like actors doing like faux interviews of, of people that were um, like, it, like it's all in black and white and stuff, but it's like actors doing, it's actors. Yeah. I don't think it says it is, but it's, it's definitely just actors <laughs> um, like talking about the whole experience of, of what it was like when this broadcast came over the wireless. Yeah. And yeah, it's cra- crazy story. I love like, the idea that it could be the biggest cry wolf ever. Yeah. You know, if I'm driving in my car and we finally do get invaded by aliens and it comes over the radio, I'm going to think it's probably a hoax. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was really interesting. The documentary was called American Experience, colon, War of the Worlds. And that's on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Love me a good Netflix documentary that I should never thought. Like, you just like, they're all, I never go looking for them. There are always things where I'm like scrolling down trending lists and I look at them like, hmm. Yeah, that seems interesting. I'll just watch that. Let's learn about the the sinister underworld of uh, men tickling other men for money. Yeah, you know, like that could be interesting. Yeah, um, I watched this other film called Babel. Yeah, which is yeah. by the guy who directed The Revenant and Birdman. Yep, and that's that just recently came out on Netflix. So it's yeah, pretty, well, not yes, just stars Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett. Yep, who we talked about the other week mm-hmm. um, with Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Uh, is this really interesting? Uh, film which tells these sort of three interweaving or four interweaving stories of yeah. um, this Mexican housekeeper, uh, Brad Pitt and his wife, um, these farm boys in I think it's like 
Turkey or something like that, some Middle Eastern country, and this uh, uh, deaf and mute uh, teenage girl who uh, who lives in Japan. Okay. And it's um, these the sort of four interweaving stories, and it's all told out of order, Quentin Tarantino-esque, <laughs> um, uh, non-linear narrative, and it's just really beautifully shot, and it's like melancholic and sad yeah. and in emotionally intense and it's a long movie and like not a lot happens and it it's builds a lot of tension and it's just really well made um so it sounds like a movie that you and i would enjoy but would not but mo- i think yeah. not i uh, you, you, it's definitely a kind of it's definitely not the kind of movie you have to be in a certain frame of mind yeah. to watch this movie yeah. and it's the kind of movie where it finishes and you really need to just sit for an hour or two and, and have a good think. And I love those movies. Yeah, and I and I love those movies as well. But it's really and important that you do commit to it when you're watching it and then you have that it, decompression it, time afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it is it is a, very much a movie that you have to decompress from. Yeah. Um, well, I'll be looking at that. I, I do think that, that Brad Pitt sometimes... I, I like the fact that Brad Pitt's a big actor and he... He exercises that power that you do have offered to you when you are Brad Pitt famous as mm. an actor. You know, like you can really make things happen. If you, you can lend your name, even if it's not your money, you can lend your name to a to a, a project. I don't think he got this film made by any stretch. No, but I like I this to me like smacks of him like like wanting a role and going into it where it is a little weird and it, it's not. Um, like big blockbuster, a big blockbuster kind of movie. And yeah, sometimes he get he's in movies. Some like sometimes he's in movies where that must have happened because it's not a high budget or b like it's not very good. Sometimes you know he just picks some movies which I respect, but they just are not very good. Like I, I recently watched War Machine, mm. which is oh uh, yeah, I've movie. been I've been thinking about. Watching I watched that. it and I was like, it's good. At, it's it's weird and and it's and it's just it's crazy that Brad Pitt's in it and. Yeah. And I, I love that man for that. Like um, Tree of Life, that's like an. It, it had to, it's one of those movies where someone had like a. I would like to make a movie about the origins of life and life in general and the universe. Like I'm just like a massively high concept beast that's never gonna work. Yeah. Um, and yet Brad Pitt turns up in it. I like it when he does that kind of weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't recommend War Machine, by the way. Yeah, I mean this this certainly wasn't a film that was like Brad Pitt got this one no, up the line. Yeah. It was a passion project for him. I mean, the director is like one of the most famous Mexican directors of all time. Kate Blanchett. He's, he's already, the yeah. first Mexican director to. He was like one of the first Mexican directors to have a film nominated for an Oscar. Javier Bardem. He's not in this one, but he has collaborated collaborated with. Yeah. Um, I think it's like his name is like Jose Gonzalez Inaritu or something like that. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, Javier Bardem has collaborated with him a bunch of times, and in his movie Beautiful, which is spelled weirdly, um, I remember that coming out. Yeah, entirely in Spanish, and it was the first Spanish. Uh, Javier Bardem got nominated for an Oscar for lead actor, and it was the first time it was ever someone who for for a role that was entirely in Spanish. Yeah. Um, and I mean he's he, he's just a great director I think yeah. and it made me really want to go and watch some of his other films 
I got to set um, some time aside and watch that as well. Yeah. Uh, who has the time, mate? It's just that's that's true. Yeah. That's, I think that's probably why these movies don't get as much. Uh, I mean, it came out in like 2006 as well, so like yeah, that's they, why we wouldn't have seen it. They don't get as much hype, you know, because yeah, for you sure. really didn't have to set, so, uh, set and, time and, aside. And it's the kind of like they don't get as much hype until the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you can really hate on the whole like string of like grown up two level comedies. Um, and I still do, but like, there's a little element of that that I understand. If you if you've ever like come home from like a, a day where you, you just can't, I can't have an like an emotional. I can't I can't enter an emotional chrysalis today and come out a different person. I can't do it. I can't watch a movie like that. What's the furthest thing from entering an emotional chrysalis? Grown ups too. I'm gonna watch Paul Blart Morecock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the memoirs of an international assassin. Paul Blart Morecup serves that kind of like... It, it's like, oh, God, I just want to check it. Like, I want to be in a medically induced coma, but I don't really want to actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to wake up at the end of it. I want to become a drooling vegetable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I understand maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, but speaking of time, this is going to be all that we have time for this I week. hope this has cleared up your list a little bit. Yep, somewhat. I might have... Like a couple more things to talk about next week, but for the that's gotten through a large chunk. Yeah. Um, so take care. So of the, the thing we need to do now, I think, is choose a homework movie for next week. Yes, let's do that. The homework movie we're going to do this week is Train Spotting, which yep. is directed by uh, bloody what's his name from that thing that one time. Um, the guy who directed Slumdog Millionaire. Don't look at me. Shit. <laughs> anyway, it, it, fuck. We don't know who it is. Directed by some guy. Just start, stars just start. <laughs> stars Ewan McGregor. Um, yeah, Danny, we, Danny Boyle. We now have like a personal uh, relationship with Ewan McGregor. I feel like because we've him. gone on this fantastic motorbike ride with him. Yeah, so it's it's we've gone the long way down. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so transporting the the fun heroine movie. With yeah. the most disgusting toilet in all of Scotland. I don't know any all... of this. I've never seen the movie. Oh, so. you've never seen the movie. But yeah, it's like, it's a pretty good film. All right. So yeah, look forward to that one. As always, follow us on Facebook. Yeah, Instagram's Fa- always good. Yep. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, send us an email. Yeah, do it. abwithsp do at gmail.com. You know you want to. Yeah, please send do. Us, send, us, send us a crazy gif or gif, depending on whether you're Sam or Peter. <laughs> Send, send us send us just a really offensive email is what I want to <laughs> just call us like I don't know motherfuckers or something yeah just something really insulting that'd, yeah. that'd be good that'd warm the cockles of my heart what would you really like to, to learn about our fans like for them to send you something that, that we have fans like that personal. we have fans that, that, that's that, true I mean to any any, <laughs> any sort any of fan. contact yeah. would be desirable send me send us an email and let me know whether uh, you'd rather buy honey jumbles or ice bobos because uh, I have a constant crisis every time I go to the supermarket each week to buy biscuits and I still haven't worked it out. So, so do you just buy both? Uh, I alternate most of the time. Ah. And then I mean, no you matter, just buy both. No matter what I buy, I sit there and sadly eat it thinking, <laughs> oh, the grass is greener on the other side. <laughs> the other biscuit of choice. <laughs> So let me know, uh, Ice Bobos or Honey Jumbles. Alright, the the big question for next week. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Honey Jumbles or Ice Bobos. Highly divisive debate. Yeah. 
But anyway, yeah. Podcast is over now. Podcast is over. I'm off to go eat some honey jumbles and imagine that they're ice Yeah.